today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was a pretty grim session uh, earlier this week uh, as the finance department sat down with city councilors and uh, talked about the uh, budget proposals for 2020. And uh, this thing, uh, well, it's about as frightening as a Stephen King novel, I guess, if you look at some of the details here. Probably the biggest challenge that Hamilton City Council has had in years, if not decades, to try to come to grips with this. Uh, Brad Clark has seen a bunch of those over the years. He joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Morning, Brad. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Bill? Good, good. Uh, did you find a silver lining in all these budget numbers? I, there's got to be one someplace. There's always a silver lining. We just <laughs> haven't found it yet. <laughs> I, I know that every year we say this, that, okay, yeah, there's going to be this challenge and that challenge, but this just kind of likes a uh, – from the numbers I'm reading anyway, this is almost like a perfect storm of, of, of budget uh, problems here. I mean, everything seems to be piled on to you guys all at once here. Yeah, the stars are really lining up with a, a bunch of significant hits for us. Uh, we started off with numbers in July that showed us looking at a levy increase of about $62 million, which would have been uh, 6.7 uh, 6, increase for, for homeowners and their taxes. And we now have it at $52 million, which is a drop of $10 million, which is excellent, but it's still at $5.5 million, which would equate, equate to uh, approximately a $200 increase per household. Uh, which is a significant uh, increase. So we still have lots of work to do. Well, the, and we can talk about this, and we're going to get into some of the things, because I know you and I talked months ago uh, when the Ford government talked about uh, some funding cuts that were going to have an impact on all municipalities. Now, they, they backed away from that for the short term, and, of course, that means they're going into effect next year. So there's that pressure, and we, you can talk to us about that. But the usual things that, that cities have to deal with on an ongoing basis, operational costs, uh, things like insurance premiums, a number of different things like that, uh, are all uh, seem to be on the increase this year. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. I mean, we're we're in collective bargaining, and 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 I have to say that the union leaders and the membership have been tremendously respectful of the city's position, and they have been um, um, reasonable in their requests, and and we truly appreciate that. But 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 the, be that as it may, we're looking at a $12.5 million increase just in salary and wage benefits. Uh, then we have our contractual increases of about $2.2 million. Uh, we were surprised to see a, a significant hit on our insurance premium of $2 million. Uh, and then we had a, a WSIB shortfall of $1.5 million. So all of these things add up, and I mean, just those alone add up to 2% tax increase. Uh, and that's without getting into boards and agencies and shortcomings from the provincial government. And so, as you say, they, you know, they, they, they really start to compound. Um, and the struggle now is how do we maintain services uh, with and, and not increase those taxes uh, to the point where people are really um, challenged. Well, Brad, in past years, of course, this, this initial meeting or series of meetings, of course, invariably get the response from even some of the council colleagues that, oh, yeah, okay, the staff always come back, and this is, you know, this is the horror show, and this is terrible, but then they come back and they find these efficiencies and these savings, and it, it, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more palatable. Uh, I didn't get that message from what Mr. Segarik was saying yesterday. He said there's not a whole lot to work with here. You don't have much wiggle room left. No, I mean, and, and we have to be realistic. Over the last 20 years, I would say, um, council has, uh, been very careful at setting their targets and tried to get it down to the cost of inflation, and, and we pretty much averaged that out, which is which is good. Um, but 
because we did that, over that same period of time, staff have come in with reductions in budgets to departments, and we now are in a situation where there's not a whole lot of room left to trim across the city of Hamilton. And on top of that, a number of these cost drivers are not related directly to city services. They're from outside of the city. They're costs that are coming into the city that we have no choice but to pay. So when you start to look at all of that, I think Mr. Zagarek gave us some pretty good unfettered financial advice in terms of where we really are and that this is going to be a challenging issue. And I think that's why he put on the table we're going to have to look at different things as, as, as a team to figure out how we're going to balance this out um, and, and, and make sure that the residents are not hit with an exorbitant tax bill that many of them, as you know, can't afford to pay. Brad, this isn't really a surprise to well veterans like you that have been around for a while because I know that former city manager Chris Murray has been warning us for years. I mean, I'd have him on every year as they were getting down to the crunch time for budgets and say, this is great that you're at the rate of inflation, but he says we can't do this every year. I mean, there are so many pressures that are studying to mount, and it sounds as if this is the year that the dam has burst. And again, I want to remind our listeners, this is not just Hamilton. Uh, most cities in Ontario are facing the same conundrum. Absolutely. I, I mean, you, you, we have the province who has very clearly um, started off anyway looking at austerity for the province, and, and, and they, so they've indicated significant cuts across the board uh, to funding for municipal services, um, their portion of, the sh- of those funding. Um, right now we're still looking at $5.4 million in budget drivers that are from provincial impacts. And so those things, you know, if the province doesn't reverse their position, we have to absorb them somehow. And there's only so much money in the pie, if you will. And so if if we're putting more things in, then we're going to have to take some things out because we simply don't have room for it all. And that's what becomes the challenge. So we need to, I think we need to be engaged with our, the, the public so that they understand what's going on, where the pressures are and what we're looking at in terms of potential uh, realignments that, that could impact services. I, I know that the, the hue and cry is going to be from an awful lot of people, well, just trim the fat, what's the matter with you guys? Uh, but that's a process that, if I recall, Brad, has been going on for quite some time. I mean, last budget year, I guess it was, you eliminated a number of managerial positions among city staff, and you've, you've done a lot of that trimming already. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We The, the previous term of council, they... they they did a, a, an excellent job in, in reducing management positions and, and, and eliminated a number of full-time equivalent jobs um, and, and absorbed them into the system. So there is limited flex there. And the challenge that I think we have is that there is an expectation from the broader community of a certain level of service. So if that expectation is not changed and we eliminate those services, then there's going to be significant pushback from, from the community. So we have to have a really good um, conversation about what levels of services people are willing to talk about. For example, in the past, as you know, uh, there was discussion about collecting garbage every two weeks, which would save millions of dollars in, on the operating budget. Um, and the residents were not supportive of that, and council did not go down that road that will likely come up again in this budget conversation. And so when it becomes a question of taxes going up 
or um, minimizing the tax increase by changing the service level, will the residents be accepting of that change? And, and that we don't know. Well, and therein lies the problem. And that's, that's I guess, the big question every year in budget time for city council is, is what is uh, what are the service levels that, that people are going to be willing to accept in situations like this? And they've been able to skate around that in past years, but I, 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 I'm getting the sense that it's going to be on the table and they're going to have to make some hard decisions. Uh, you mentioned garbage collection. That's certainly one core service that could be impacted. Uh, snow clearing is another one. Uh, that uh, other cities have had to deal with, and they've had to cut back on service deliveries there. I know that's never going to be popular with anybody because uh, there's a lot of people think the snow clearing you have already at place is not good enough, although it is one of the best in the province. But it, it's there's a cost to this, and, and you, right now you're, you're looking under cushions now to try to save some coins here. Uh, I mean, realistically, everything that we do as a municipality, we're providing services. That's, that's the bottom line. That's what, that's what we do as a municipality. So if we're going to lower our costs, that means an automatic lowering of services. So um, how much comfort is there in doing that, in reducing, for example, service hours for, for, for facilities or programming, um, closing underutilized facilities, uh, facilities that, that just don't have the audience, the patrons coming in, or they're in such dire need of repair, we don't have the money for it, so do we close those facilities and subsequently you would lower your operating costs. Uh, eliminating service levels where the service is being underutilized. So we need to start to look at all of those things, um, but I think m- everyone around the table is cognizant of the fact that people appreciate the level of service that we have, but people are at the breaking point in terms of their ability to pay. And so that's why we need to have a broader public conversation, in my opinion, uh, Bill, in my opinion, about those types of service changes. Brad, what about some of the sacred cows that councillors have been unwilling to touch in the past? And uh, the selling off of assets, for instance. I, I know that we've had discussions in the past about, uh, you know, do we need three golf courses, uh, city-owned golf courses? Do we need McCassa Lodge and Wentworth Lodge? I mean, you're only required to have one. Uh, there are some places, and, and the council just doesn't seem to want to go down that road. Is this year they're going to have to have that discussion? I think there will be a discussion about it. I don't know whether or not there is an appetite for any of those or all of those. Um, we have many municipal centers. That's been discussed in the past. So on, in the era of online services, do, does the municipality still have a need for municipal centers in all of the former municipalities? Now, I, I can hear people cringing because if they're living in that community and they, they go to that particular facility, they rely on that facility but by the same token it now becomes the balancing act is it a two hundred dollar increase in your taxes this year um is it worth it for you to keep the facility open in that community or are there other ways of the municipality providing those services i think the only way we can get at those decisions is to really have a good conversation with residents in all of those communities and across the city in terms of what services what service level do they really want that they, they, they would support an increase in taxes to maintain those services? And contrary, which services are they willing to have a lower amount 
in order for us to to balance the budget and bring it in at an affordable amount for people across the municipality. I'm going to throw another one at you that uh, that I know you've had some opinions about in the past. Uh, and, and, no, this is this is this this is this what I call slush fund that that the inner city councillors have been getting for the last number of years, and I know I know the rationale for it. It's supposed to be an, like an equalization payment, but we're talking about eight million dollars annually right now that they spend dis, at their own discretion, uh, which is probably money that could be much better spent by city staff than it would by individual councillors. Yet, any time I bring this up or anybody from the outlying areas, either yourself or Councillor Ferguson or others. Uh, all of a sudden, these guys get their backs up. But, I mean, I, I think it's time to put everything on the table here. Well, I think that was the intention of the presentation uh, by staff, is that everything should be on the table. Um, that fund that you're talking about, that came about as a result of changes to area rating, which will be under discussion again this year, this time on transit. Um, and there was going to be uh, tax increases in, and there were tax increases in the outlying suburban area, and there was going to be, at that time, you recall, a corresponding tax reduction in the neighborhood of, of, of 1% uh, for some of the older wards, wards 1 through 8. And so instead of, of, of lowering the taxes in that manner and creating a big backlash in the broader community, the taxes went up in the suburbs and went down in, in the wards 1 through 8, what they chose to do was maintain the tax dollars and create these funds for ostensibly capital projects in wards 1 through 8. That may be a topic of discussion because ultimately, if they were to eliminate that now, that would mean some type of tax reduction for the residents in wards 1 through 8. But that's for all of the councillors to decide with in some form of good public engagement and discussion on it, and I don't know what would happen there. Uh, the uh, other one, of course, is the area rating on transit. There's yeah. a big push by some councillors to eliminate area rating on transit. Now, it's important to recognize that the suburban community, when you look at the total transit uh, flow, only 5% of all of the transit that is provided in the city of Hamilton is flowing out into the suburbs, is flowing out into the rural areas and, and the suburbs of the former municipalities. Of, of Hamilton. And so then the question is, do we eliminate that area rating and increase taxes across all of those areas when they have uh, very little transit service to begin with? And, and that's going to be a, a contentious and complicated discussion, and, and we've uh, uh, created a, a subcommittee to help have that discussion and hopefully facilitate some type of, of compromise that everyone can live with. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a tough nut, and and I think the one takeaway that that I'm getting from talking to you and a number of other counselors and a couple of people on the finance staff is that unlike past years, they're not going to come back and say, "Oh, by the way, we found some money here. Everything's going to be okay." Uh, this is all on on council, and this is going to be a very very difficult a series of decisions to to try to get this thing down. Yeah, the the the, the years of where they would come back and say, oh, "Well, we can take this money out of the reserve fund or this money," I I, I think those years are gone, and I think. The challenge that we have, and I, I know the councillors are, are well aware of it around the table, uh, is that there is lots of talk from economists that at some point there's going to be a recession or an economic downturn, and we have to be prepared for that too. So if we uh, rate our reserves to lower the taxes this year, when that downturn hits, we won't have the reserves to help us through there. So. Uh, you may be robbing Peter to pay Paul and in the future have even a larger tax hit to the residents. So we have to be aware of our economic conditions around us as well as what we're facing uh, as a municipality this year. Good luck with this, Brad. 
Thank you. We will need lots of luck. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll continue to talk about this in the days and weeks ahead. Appreciate the time today. No problem. Have a great weekend. You too. City Council Brad Clark. The Bill Kelly Show. Weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.